Turn to your neighbor and just say, I hope this guy's quick. <laughs> yeah, hope doesn't get it, you would have had to pray. And uh, hi, my name is Phil Schneider, and I had the opportunity to be with you guys uh, back uh, late this summer, and it was just a great privilege. And I'm back today to finish the second half of my sermon. So, <laughs> no, uh, today was, we're... Uh, in this series of taking a look at the, uh, the fundamental truths of the things that the nuts and bolts of what we believe in. It's my privilege to be here. So Pastor Chris, thank you for the invitation. Appreciate it. Uh, great guy, great family, and a great church. So uh, we are here today. It's always a little easier to listen to someone when you know a little bit about them, right? You know, and uh, so let me tell you just a little bit about myself. I am one of those guys who's done about 20 different jobs in my life. In fact, the day I turned 16, my dad used to flip houses, and uh, we, didn't, we would move in, and then we would flip them while we lived there. And uh, we were in this little one-room schoolhouse that had been built way out in the country, and uh, Dad was taking the attic part of it and converting it into a bedroom for us. And, and that's where we were living the day I turned 16. And that morning, my dad woke me up. And he said, get up, get dressed. I've got something for you. And you know what I thought I was getting on my 16th birthday? A car. Oh, man, I am up and dressed. And we're driving in to town. And on our way into town, we're coming to the main intersection. And on this intersection, there were uh, two gas stations, a convenience store, and an insurance office on the, other, uh, on the other corner. And at this one gas station, they always parked cars for sale. People would, you know, hey, can we park my car here for 25 bucks with a for sale sign in the window? And we're pulling, and I'm like, And we went inside, and my dad said, Bill, here he is. What time do you want him here tonight? He got me a job. <laughs> the day I turned 16, my dad got me a job at the gas station. Now, m most of you won't remember this, but years ago, they didn't have self-serve at the gas station. You drove over this little cord, and it went ding, ding. And the guy would come running out, and you would go, $2, and can you check the battery and wash my windshield and fill my tires with air? I hated that job. <laughs> that was just one of my jobs. I, I was a paper boy. How many of you were a paper boy? Didn't you hate that, too? <sighs> my last time, I wanted to throw every paper on the roof. Uh, I ran a snack shop. I was a corn detasseler. I don't know how many of you have ever detasseled corn, but man, wasn't that a, out in the morning that corn would just be soaking wet, and those those e that those leaves on the corn stalks are like razors. Uh, I was a busboy. I uh, was a dishwasher. Uh, I was one of those guys who called you at dinner time every night. Hi, Pastor Chris. My name is Phil Schneider. I'm with the West Side Optimist Club, and we're having our 53rd annual Country and Western show this year. This year, we're having Carl Perkins. You... Pastor Chris, are you there? Hello. <laughs> I did that for, uh, man, a, a long time ago, I think three weeks. Uh, <laughs> now, those are all lousy jobs. This was a great job. I worked at a pizza restaurant making pizza for three years. Uh, 
for three years, I ate pizza at least six days a week. God is so good. It was marvelous. Uh, how many of you have ever seen the, you know, the old whiskey barrels that they make furniture out of? I, w- I worked as a whiskey barrel furniture barrel mover. Uh, I was a bellhop. I was a parking lot valet parker. And uh, I got promoted and fired on the same day. Uh, worked for a, uh, uh, a top-of-the-line hotel, and I was promoted to the assistant manager, and the manager of the hotel had to okay every hire that they had. And so the, the, uh, the parking valet manager took me up to meet the assistant manager, and he was incredibly impressed. And he said, Phil, what are you going to do when you get out of, out of school? And I said, I, I don't know. And he said, well, what's your major? And I said, I don't have a major. I'm a junior in high school. And they thought I was a junior in college, and you had to be 21 to work there. And uh, so I didn't get promoted. I got fired that day. Uh, I was a pipe fitter. If you ever, in the union trade, I uh, worked for... uh, on a college permit as a pipe fitter uh, for 30 years. My wife and I have flipped houses. I was a licensed auctioneer. Wouldn't you like to hear a sermon like that? I mean, we'd be out in seven minutes, but you'd all owe $100. So uh, I was a licensed real estate agent, and I am a pastor. Well, I'm here to talk about number 10 of our fundamental beliefs and things that we believe about, and that is the church and its mission. Do you know that we, the church, have a job assignment from God? As a kid, when we lived out in the, my dad did not like living in town, so we would always buy these little houses out in the country. And every day in the summer when my dad would leave, he would leave us with a list of jobs. I want the garden weeded. I want the yard mowed. I want, one time dad had us dig out the line from the well into the house. I want to tell you, he always had a, he had big expectations of his two boys that we never met. But we had a job description of things that dad wanted done. And I want you to know that the church, the big C, the capital C church, that the body of Christ has a job that God has called us to do. You know, so many times we think that coming to church is all that God requires of us, that that's what God wants us to do. And if we show up uh, every couple of weeks for church, uh, that the Lord is happy. But I want you to know God has a job assignment for every one of us. Here's what our statement of fundamental truth says, and it's kind of, I mean, it's very high sounding. The church is the body of Christ. We are the habitation of God through the Spirit with divine appointments for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Each believer born of the Spirit is an integral part of the general assembly in the church of the firstborn, which were written in heaven. Doesn't that sound like the tax code? 
How many of you ever tried to read the tax code and you're two paragraphs in and you're going, I got to call a CPA? That's too confusing. But here's what this is saying in plain English. It says four things that we as people who have believed in Jesus Christ and are living for him, if you are a Christian today, if you are loving Christ and living for Christ, four things. Number one, he lives in us through the Holy Spirit. It says we are the habitation of God through the Holy Spirit. We are the carrier of God's presence individually and corporately, the big C and the little C. We are carriers of God's presence. He lives in us. That's why there are times when you come to the church and the presence of God is in this place and we're singing a song or we're doing something and all of a sudden it's something within you that says, man, that's right where I'm at because we are the carriers of God's presence and the presence of God responds when something is happening. Number two, he establishes divine appointments for us. He carries us to specific places and specific times for specific purposes. We were out in the foyer talking about someone's divine appointment that they had this past Friday with a coworker. God gives us divine appointments where God says, I've got something in mind. You don't even see it coming, but I've got a purpose for you, a divine appointment for you. The, for the divine appointments, for the fulfillment of the Great Commission, he uses those divine appointments to allow us to fulfill his plan for our life. And number four, each believer born of the Spirit is an integral part. Each one of us is individually an important part of that plan. You see, so many times we think, yeah, well, boy, Pastor Chris has got a job. Pastor Randall's got a job. Pastor Phil's got a job. No, individually, every one of us, because God is going to send you in divine appointments to places that I'll never go. God's going to send you as a pizza cook to waitresses and customers that nobody else will ever see. God's going to send you on, on a, a, a crew of pipe fitters, and you will be in a ditch that I will never be able to get back into again. Every one of us is incredibly important. God has a lot to say in the Bible about the church and its mission. Let me just share one of those passages. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Holy Spirit. Your life is being built so that God can live in you. God is building you up and creating you for a specific purpose, to do something miraculous in your life. And so many times we think, I'm useless to God. And we think our usefulness is tied to our perfection, and it's not. And God says, I want to use you. I've got a plan for you. You are my church. You are my body. And that's the goal, that this place, this church where God lives, 
would be filled with people where God lives in this place as well. That people would come here and find that God lives in them. What do we do with those divine appointments? What are the, what are the things, the mission, what is the job description that God has? If you go on in this, and you can find it on ag.org, but if you go on, it says that for four things God has planned for us. Number one, it's planned for us, the big church and the little church, is to evangelize. What did Jesus say he came to do? I came to seek and to save people who are lost. By lost, he means confused, desperate, dying, in trouble, hurting, broken, bruised. Jesus said, I came to, to seek out and to save people who are so separated from God that their life is in darkness and trouble and heartache. And that's what he's calling us to do as well. As carriers of God's presence, we share him with people who have no relationship with him. He gives us divine appointments to share our faith. My first divine appointment that I can ever remember was when I was 16 years old. We were living in uh, Morton, Illinois, and uh, I was dating a girl from over by Peoria. I uh, wound up marrying her, and uh, five kids, eight grandkids, and one more wedding coming up in March later, and it's been a good life. But we used to go out, we would go to a movie or something, and when their movie was done, we'd go to the mall because there was this bakery in the mall, and they had uh, cinnamon raisin bread, and man, I'm a cinnamon raisin bread lover. And that day, Renee and her family were on vacation, and I didn't have anything to do, so I just went out to the mall, and I got some cinnamon raisin bread, and, and I was sitting there, and I was right across from this Christian bookstore, and I went in there, and they had these J.T. Chick tracks. They were kind of like a, a, a tract, a way to share the gospel, and like a little comic book type thing, you know. And I went in there, and, and I was a teenager. I never bought that stuff. I just read it and put it back in the rack. And that day, I bought some of those, and, and I, I had a couple in my pocket. That's the one time in my 60 years of living I've ever bought one of those. And I went out in the mall, and I sat down on the little bench out in the mall, a 16-year-old kid. Man, back then I had long hair, and, and uh, you know, this was the late 60s, early 70s. And, and I'm out there, and I'm chunking off a piece of cinnamon raisin bread, and up walks this old lady. She had to be like 45. <laughs> and uh, now she was, she was probably where I'm at now, and she just sat down beside me. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit one of the eight times in my life that I can tell you, I know I heard God. And the Holy Spirit said, give her one of those tracks. And I want you to know I didn't do it. I failed my job that day. She sat there for about 10 minutes while I argued with God. And she got up and went on her way. And I've always wondered what happened to that lady. Because I failed to do my job. I failed that divine, I want to tell you, 80-year-old ladies don't sit down by 16-year-old long-haired punks in the mall. But I had a divine appointment that day that I missed. 
Don't miss your divine appointments. Years later, I was at camp. I worked camp for 30 years and as activities director and as a dean. And one Thursday night at summer camp down at Carlinville, Lake Williamson. Again, I heard the Holy Spirit just say to me, go home and witness to your dad. He's ready to get saved. My dad had never been in church in all of his life. I mean, literally, maybe five to ten times in his life, he had been in a church. And that was for like a you know, Christmas program that his kids were in. My dad never went. My dad grew up in a little town that literally had no church. My grandfather never owned a vehicle until my dad gave him one when I was 16. <laughs> and my dad gave him his old truck. My dad had never been in church. And my dad wasn't mean about the gospel, but he was just arm's length with everything. And now here on a Thursday night, the Holy Spirit is telling me, the second week of July, go home. Your dad's ready to give his life to Christ. I went home. The next morning, I called Renee. I said, I won't be home. I'm going up to Morton to see my dad. I drove up to see my dad, and about 10 minutes into our, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Been fishing? Conversation, I just blurted out, dad, when are you going to give your life to Jesus? You see, God doesn't expect us to be professional at what we do, just real. And my dad paused for a moment, and he said, well, I always thought your mom would be here when I did. I said, do you want me to go get her? And he said, yeah, go get your mom. And that day, I, that day my dad had a divine appointment with Jesus. Less than a year later, my dad died. He was in a coma for three weeks. The morning that he died, he woke up out of his coma. His sister was sitting by his bed. He said, Shelby, what are you doing here? And she said, well, Philip, I came to see you. He said, I'm glad you did because I'm going to glory today. My dad slipped back into his coma within an hour. And that afternoon, my dad had a divine appointment with God. And I want you to know that as believers in Jesus, he's left us with a job. And he has said to us, I want you to go and to share the gospel. I will set up divine appointments for you to share your faith. You don't have to be professional with it. You don't have to be skilled in it. All you have to do is to speak up. And share your faith. The second job description that he has for us, his plan for us is to be worshipers. Here's what he says in Isaiah 41. These are the people that I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. God created you to be a worshiper. Man, I'll never forget the first time we came into a, an AG church. First time we, I was, I was about 15 years old and we came into this church and I have been, I've been six foot three since I was 12 years old. I graduated from high school at 185. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen that? 
I'd love to see it again. And uh, I, so I'm 6'3", 185, and my mom believed if you sat behind the fourth row, you were a backslider going to hell. So about half of you are in real trouble with my mama. And uh, so we marched up to the second row. By the way, mama was always late for church. Church is going. We're mar- Can we just sit in the back? New church. Nope, we're going to the front. You know what? God's created us to be worshipers. God's created us to proclaim his praise. Anything that doesn't do what it's designed to do is a failure. A 99-cent big ballpoint pen is better than a $100 pen that doesn't work. You were created to worship God. And if you're not worshiping the Lord, you're not doing what he designed, what you were designed to do. Our worship service isn't meant to entertain you It's meant to give you an opportunity to do what God called you to do, to fulfill your job. We worship as a part of our job. Number three, not only are we to share our faith, we're to worship, but also to grow ourselves and to grow others in his image. We're here to disciple each other. We're here to encourage each other, teach each other, love each other, pray for each other, and on occasion even rebuke each other. We're here to help grow each other. And if you're not here, somebody is missing out on what you could give them. You're here to help grow others. So Renee and I, we got married and we thought, you know what, we're not going to have kids for a couple of years. We're just going to, and we did that. But man, once we got started, we got started. We had five kids in six years. Yeah. You're thinking, dear God, what were you thinking? It's simple. We had a boy, we had a boy, we had a boy, we had a boy. (laughs) Mama wanted a doctor pulled that baby out and he said, it's a girl. And I was singing, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. And in that moment, yeah, some of you are laughing. I'm telling you, I was singing that to the top of my lungs. My wife didn't think it was funny either. And uh, But over the next 18 years, we raised those kids. We discipled them. We loved them, encouraged them, blessed them, and on occasion, we rebuked them. We made sure that they were growing physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And now as my children are starting to have grandchildren, I'm saying to them, it's your responsibility to disciple your kids. It's your responsibility to make sure they grow physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually. If you look at the people who are around you, it's our responsibility to pray for them. It's our responsibility to encourage them. It's our responsibility to love those people who are sitting in this entire sanctuary, to love and bless and encourage our kids who are in the kids' ministry. It's our responsibility to do that, to make sure that they grow in the image of God. One of the key moments of my life, I've been working as a pipe fitter, been making really good money 
And I knew God had called me to go into ministry. And uh, there was a Sunday night. I'd, I'd been involved in a cave-in at work. I'd been buried in a, in a ditch that we were working in. And that kind of encouraged me to go to Bible college, you know. <laughs> they dig you out, and you get, they carry you up to the top of the ditch, and you get on your knees, and you're going, I'll go wherever you want me to go, Jesus. And, uh, but that Sunday night, I was getting ready to go that week to Bible college, and I just, by nature, I'm shy. And I, I wasn't sure, really, the first time I'd ever been away from home. And I'd heard all these horror stories about people who go into ministry. And I was sitting right over in here at our church in East Peoria. And I was, it was a Sunday night service, and they had a, a, an altar time, and I was just kneeling at my chair. And a guy named Harold Shannon came over and laid hands on me, just put his hand on my shoulder and prayed for me. I, don't, I didn't really know Harold Shannon. Harold was probably about my dad's age. And Harold just prayed, God be with Phil as he goes to Bible college. Watch over him and keep him and bless him. Help him to know that you're with him. And he prayed for me about three or four moments, three or four minutes. And in those moments, something changed in my heart and my mind. And I knew God had a plan for me. You see, that's the job description that God had for Harold Shannon to disciple, to love, to encourage, to bless, to, to do everything, and even sometimes rebuke. And we love that when people do that for us, when we're down, we're hurting, we're confused, we're not sure. We love that when someone says, I'm praying for you. Hang in there. You're going to make it. But in the, same in the same area, that's God's responsibility for us as well. Lastly, his plan for us is to demonstrate God's love and compassion to all of the world. In Psalms 112, the Lord's talking about his people and all the things that they do and they don't do. They'll never fear bad news. Their hearts are steadfast. They trust in God. They will have no fear. They will triumph over their foes. But he says this in verse 9, they freely give their gifts to the poor. God helps us to do good to other people, to show compassion. Those are the four job descriptions that God has for us in his word. Let me finish with this. My lad, like I said, would leave us a list of duties every summer, every day. I, I began to think God, or that my dad had put us way out in the country because he didn't want us to have friends because he just wanted the free labor. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we, we did some incredible things that dad had for us. My dad had a one-acre garden. Had a one-acre garden. He would, he would, my dad loved putting in a garden and taking out a garden. He hated everything else in between. But he didn't have to worry about that because he had two boys and a list. There are times we think to ourselves when we see the list of what, of what God has for us to do that we think, how am I ever going to do that? How am I ever going to share my faith? I wouldn't know what to say. I, I, 
man, when it comes to worship, how am I ever going to worship? I, man, I can't sing. I'm too shy to lift my hands. I, I, how am I ever going to? How am I ever going to encourage? How am I ever going to know when someone needs encouraging or prayer or God wants me to bless them? How am I going to know that? Or how am I going to show compassion to all the world? I need compassion. Well, that's the wonderful thing that we believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. The last part of our of our fundamental truth that says we exist expressly to give continuing emphasis for this reason. It goes on, for this reason, encouraging believers to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because this this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it empowers us, and he lists these things again, empowers us to enable us to evangelize. The Holy Spirit will give you the right moments at the right time in those divine encounters to be able to say to someone hey you know what man i saw something this morning that you need to know the holy spirit will give us that to help us evangelize he will add a necessary dimension to our authentic worship with god when we begin to sing he's never failed me yet the holy spirit will come alive in you He'll work through us to build up individual members of the church. He'll help us to respond to the least of these, as mentioned in the Bible. It can be scary, but God promised this. I will be with you wherever you go. You see, God spoke those words to Joshua. Moses had led the people of Israel for 40 years of failure. They wandered in the desert as strangers for 40 years. And now the Bible says that the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now you will lead these people into the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. But in that passage, Joshua had to be going, I don't want to lead these people. These are miserable people. I can't do that. But God said to him these words, I will be with you wherever you go. Maybe today was a divine appointment for you to know God's got a job for you, an expectation of what he wants you to do. And my prayer is that God will anoint you and help you to fulfill it. Father, we just thank you right now for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that you do have a job for us. Lord, you have an eternal plan for us. And I thank you for that. And I just pray right now for each of my brothers and sisters, we, the, the little C, the little church, Calvary Church in Lamont, we pray that, God, you would help us to do the job you called us to do. Empower us to do it by the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Phil. I love that, that message. I love that idea that God has called us to be in purpose, on purpose with him. And I just want to encourage us to chase after that.